0: Well, I, I shared, um, I encouraged you on Sunday to come be with us um, this evening. Um, you should anyway, but I, I mentioned something in particular. And there was a, a, a conference about a week or so ago. And the conference, conference kind of uh, stirred a little bit of uh, news and attention concerning something. And I thought, hey, it's just a good time for us to... Make sure we know where we're at on this if some of this news drifted your way. And really it has to do with an ongoing, uh, not a new debate, but an ongoing debate between what is called uh, cessationism and continuationism. Let me explain it. It has to do with, and uh, somebody shared with me, I perhaps overstated it in one of the services on Sunday, It is not that the Holy Spirit is gone and and done and not even present. But uh, cessationists believe that the gifts, in particular anything miraculous or powerful or noticeable about the Holy Spirit, they believe that that has ceased. Okay? Um, I don't know how you live life as a cessationist, believing that the Holy Spirit cannot intervene and help and so forth. So we are continuationists. Now, with any two points of a debate, you're always going to have some other thing happening in the midst, and that's part of what the problem is and that's called tribalism okay, and that means you just got your own tribe and you kind of do your own thing related to to one of the others. How many of you know every every family has a goofy cousin okay so that's kind of kind of what that is okay so let's just look at this a little bit the the debate is over differing views of essentially the gifts and manifestations of of the spirit and in particular as I said more of the miraculous gifts how many of you have ever had a miracle in your life yes okay so that should settle it yes. how many of you have ever had a, what you would call um, lack a better word visitation I mean you've had a real experience with God it's like wow I Okay, that should settle it, you know. And what happens? So, is some people get too too heady about some things, and perhaps they haven't seen uh, some things in because of where they grew up, the tradition they came up in, they didn't they didn't have opportunity for that. And you need to know this. And I, I won't spend a lot of time on this, but in Psalm ninety-one, uh, God really shows that um, you call upon Him. Because you know his name, he will be to you what you know him to be. So, in other words, you won't call on him to heal you if you don't believe he's a healer. Okay, did you get that? You won't call on him to guide you if you don't believe he's a he's a guide. But you call on him because you because you know his name, and that's how one of the ways God reveals Himself is through His name. How many of you know He's got a bunch of names? Okay? And what, he's, what is he doing with all this? He's trying to reveal aspects of his character, of his intent, of his power, of his ability. And so just there you should be settled on it. We're going to touch on a little bit of, uh, of uh, scripture where some of this comes from. Uh, if I were to title this tonight, it would be, Is He? Does He? And I told you, I gave you the answer Sunday. Do you remember? The answer is yes. Is the Holy Spirit active, present, able? Yes. Yes. Does he still do miracles? Yes. Now, let me let me just pause for a moment regarding miracles. Do not endeavor to live your life by miracles. You should instead be living in blessing that comes from obedience and trusting him. Don't keep running your life on, onto the edge and you're hanging on by, you know, a thread and one wheel. I need a miracle, you know. And there's some people that had... S- so many miracles in their life out of the mercy of god okay because really faith doesn't produce miracles it's i think it's the, it's the mercy of god faith does produce miracles but the, the the majority of it would be you've run yourself into some kind of problem a lot of times so don't be trying to live by miracles thank god for miracles and we've all had them okay thank god for that but we want to be living in the blessing and in the result of just obeying God and staying in the light. That's better. Yes. Okay. That's uh, another message for another time. Let's, let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we'll pick up in verse 8 here. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Or cease. Where Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. This is the the major crux of the debate, this passage here. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, everybody say then, that word's important, believe it or not, then face to face. Now I know in part, but... Then say then again, then I shall know just as I am known and now abide faith, hope, love these three, but the greatest of these is love. So I'm not going to go deep, deep in this, but let's look at this a little bit It's talking about gifts. And these are dramatic gifts here, prophecy, tongues, knowledge, and, and so forth. And it says that when that, which is perfect has come then those things will be done away. Perfect has not yet come. Didn't know if you noticed, but that has not yet come. Then he says, um, now, he's talking about a now and then scenario. And we could kind of chart it out. Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, the then is also when that which is perfect comes. Okay? Then it says uh, face to face, face to face. There are numerous references throughout the Old Testament that talk about face-to-face. And do you know what they mean? Face-to-face. So it's, it's it's a face-to-face. It's not a real figurative kind of thing. We see in Revelation 22, 4, it says, They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their forehead. So actually, face-to-face is only going to happen, get, get this now, upon the Lord's return. Okay, so face-to-face is going to happen upon the Lord's return. That has not yet come. Okay? So that which is perfect has not yet come. The fulfillment of all things has not yet come. Even our redemption, the fullness manifest has not come. The kingdom has not fully come. It's continuing to embrace uh, and, and continuing to increase. That's why, well, why do we pray and everybody didn't get healed? Or why do we pray? Because the fullness and the perfection of the kingdom and, and our redemption has not manifested paid for and done, but, but, but it's still breaking in. Are y'all with me? Amen. I don't want to get too far away of where, where we're wanting to go, but that, which is perfect comes. That's only going to happen at the Lord's return. Then we find in first Corinthians and this is huge. First Corinthians one seven. It says now everybody say now. now, now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are going we have the spiritual gifts active while we wait for the fullness, the perfection of that, for the coming of the Lord. We eagerly are waiting for the coming of the Lord. Y'all with me tonight? Okay? And and until that time He has given gifts to the body. Once He comes, we won't need them. Okay, you won't need them, but love remains. Now, these three abide faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. The the one transcends all that will last all is love. And that's just the R, the presence, the essence of, of, of God anyway. Okay, we, we good so far. Okay, part of the problem that came up, and, and I had several people say, I haven't heard of any conference, I haven't heard of any controversy. And that's Okay. That's okay, because you know what? A lot of people are just not even taking it serious. But I heard about it, and then I received a number of um, written responses from some people that I really, really respect. And so I thought, you know, this is a good time, and I felt prompting, leading of God that, that we just make that really clear. So if there's cessationist and there's continuationist, be it known to all, we are continuationists. okay? We believe that. That God the Father is on the throne. Right. Seated on his right hand is Jesus the Son. Amen. And the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost came into the earth to stay until God takes him away. And he said, and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And we have no reference in scripture that... And in the meantime, I might be shipping a few things back home. <laughs> you know, and he's not He's not knowing that. So he's with us. I do believe in the... Although this word that we use is not in scripture. I do believe in the rapture of the church. And that will come in a moment that we think not. If you hear somebody on TV telling you they know when it is. Guess what? They don't. Because it says no man knows. The angels don't know. The son of God does not know. And scripture even it says this in the Amplified. The Greek pulls this out. They don't know the day, the hour, the season. Near or remote. Okay, so somebody comes on TV and tries to tell you, send in $30 and I'll, I'll tell you. Don't send in $30, you just tell them, okay? Okay, don't, don't, don't fall for that, for that stuff, okay? So there is a, a coming of the Lord. And, when, and this is how I think the rapture happens, okay? He said he'd never leave us, he'd never forsake us. All God has to do is withdraw the Holy Spirit out of the earth. And when he does... We go. Amen. And it happens really quick. As a child, I dreamed I would be doing flips and stuff on the way up, but <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's in the twinkling and rocks. We're just, it's quicker than that. We'll be gone. Okay. Um, let me get back to this because we could go all over the place with that tonight. So well, what do we do then? Here's the old saying and it still holds true. Uh, live your life like it could happen at any moment. Plan your life like another hundred years. Y'all with me? I was leaving my neighborhood today and there was a lawn crew taking up most of the road. And so I started around them. and saw a little bit of a a curve. And I I started around them and I got halfway around and this other car coming in my neighborhood just barreling. And he's just coming right at me. I saw him, so I threw it in reverse and just kind of pulled over. And I flashed my lights, you know, because he's like coming at me so fast. Like you do see me, right? And then he just kind of pulled and stopped right next to me and just glared at me. Uh, I'm not dead. Flesh thought of several things we could do. But and seriously, and I'm praying, I was praying as I left the house and I was still praying when all this, this happened. And, and I just, it gave me a view, doesn't even matter. Just doesn't even matter, and and do I want to? And I don't live in a fear this way, um, you know. When we were growing up, they scared us all the time. Yeah. Don't dare go roller skating because Jesus might come. Because you, know? <laughs> you know what a sin roller skating is, right? <laughs> Especially if they're playing disco. <laughs> and do not shake your booty, okay? <laughs> Just, Am I preaching or what tonight? All right. All right. Anyway, I just, I just in that moment, I thought, I, I don't even want, I don't even want to engage in anything like that. It's just not pleasing to him. I, I, I don't ever want to be found in the, in a, in a moment of so distracted with something that doesn't even matter. So I just kind of nodded to my neighbor. I don't even know who he is, but he needs to slow down in my neighborhood. But, but, you know, uh. Let's live our life like he could come at any moment. Go ahead and plan your life. Go ahead and plan your life. Well, I'm not going to save. I'm going I'm to spend all my money and run up credit cards because Jesus is coming. <laughs> Thou fool. All right. Let's, let's plow here. All right. Um, part of the, the problem is revealed. Let's try to get back to where we were here. Uh, with the name of the conference that was last week, and I really do respect the guy who held the conference, and John, John MacArthur. And his conference was called Strange Fire. Now, he's more of a reformed theology, which tends to be very cessationist, okay? They're very scholarly. They bring much to the table for the body of Christ, where a lot of times... Uh, the other end of the spectrum has been so experience oriented that they weren't grounded in scripture. Okay. And so I think we both have so much to gain from each other. So I hate it them then when we're going to separate, you know, over things like that. So who do I get, who can I talk? To? I can talk to the church that God's entrusted me with. Okay. So that we'll get this right. So it's called Strange Fire. And I got to thinking about that. That was their topic for the most part. And much of the opposition brought up in that in that conference uh, has to do with the fullness of the gifts and the activity of the spirit in real, in regards to this, in regards to people and their excesses and error concerning their theology and concerning behavior. So mostly what they cited... It's not even from a theological end, but from a practice end that there's so many people that are into excess and abuse, aberrant from theology and behavior that is just out there. Well, guess what? I'm with him. I'm with him on it. Remember, I told you every family has goofy cousins. And that's where. Tribalism kind of comes in. Here's what people do, and we have to be careful. Of this: you do not make doctrine, and you do not make practice out of manifestation. You don't make doctrine and practice out of manifestation. I'm going to read something just like I wrote it here. The Holy Spirit can, has, does, and will do things as He pleases, always in accord with Scripture, but on occasion will do something unique to the setting, to the moment, and to the players involved. Okay? So the Holy Spirit, anything He's ever done, He still can do. And still will do. Okay? Always in accord with Scripture. But uniquely sometimes, according to the moment, the setting, or the people involved, may do something. And he's allowed to do that. It will always be in line with Scripture. He won't violate Scripture. But he may do something uniquely flavored to that moment, to that setting, to those people. You follow me? Here's what happens, though. Then man tends to take the uniqueness of that experience and try to make it doctrine and practice. And so then people end up with social norms. And a lot of times you can tell where a person, uh, when they came through the body of Christ, what tradition they kind of... Came through in the body of Christ. And we've got to be careful that we stay with scripture. Yet all the while expecting the Holy Spirit to fully be the Holy Spirit. Are are y'all with me tonight? All right. Now. Do not make doctrine at a manifestation. For example. In some places. uh, When they pray for you. You have to fall down every time they pray for you. Okay. Now. I have been prayed for. And in a unique setting, several, numerous times throughout throughout my life, real deal, power of God, can't explain it. Um, I'm on the floor, and I remember one one time I called it tears in your ears, because I don't know how long I I just laid there, and when I got up, I'd just been weeping, and I had tears in my ears. And it was a wonderful time. But every time you're prayed for, don't fall down. I'm going to go ahead and admit to you, too. I've been been in services before, and we're going to line them all up and mow them all down. And I've been there before, and I thought, I don't feel nothing, but I don't want to be the only guy standing up. And I don't want them to move me over to the dumb zone. <laughs> okay, you're obviously not understanding. Come over here, you know. You all with me on this? There's some people that believe every time they worship, they got, they got a quiver. Now, where did that come from? I think at some point, some real situation, the Holy Spirit did something unique to a setting, a moment, to the people involved, and let him be God. And, and, and scripture really does not support the fact that you fall down when you get prayed for. Well, the people outside the tomb of Jesus, when they fell down, you would too. Y'all, y'all with me? It's, you've got to rightly divide scripture, rightly divide scripture. And so let's don't make doctrine and manifestation. Stay with scripture. Let the Holy spirit be the Holy spirit. And let's don't try to create practice, create doctrine, create things that are not of him and create then social norms. And I know places, I, I know people I can take you to places where it, we're going to pray and everybody's going to end up on the floor. And, and, you know, you've just got to be careful of doing that. Well, when we go, when we go into excesses and extremes on things like that, then people who are make it their business to rightly divide scripture, then they go, what is that? What is that? So we can use controversy even to help to correct ourselves and to bring ourselves to a place of I want to be scripturally accurate and I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit in my life and in my experience. Are you all with me? Um, We've talked about this over, over the years, that for every truth, there's a what? There's a road. That's a road. And on either side of the road are what? Ditches. ditches. That's ditches. You're probably thinking this is an artery and this is cholesterol. or what? Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is a road. Okay. The road. Everybody say the road. the road. The road represents truth. Biblical truth. That's the goal to be in the road. Some people then will take truth. Let's say they make doctrine and practice out of manifestation apart from the word they end up where they end up in the ditch okay here's what happens then somebody's coming along and they go i do not want to be like that they go where into the other ditch so you have a ditch here of excess error abuse and you know what happens with that then people react to that and they go into the other ditch Of avoidance. Both groups. Either ditch. Miss out on the liberating. Powerful truth. That's in the road. Now look at me for this. For every subject. Every bible subject. There's road and ditches. Let me just pause for a moment. Uh, One of the things also. That cessationists talk about. Is. uh, Deliverance. Casting out of demons. Demons. We're an educated country. We are sophisticated people. Yeah, and there's demon possessed and demon controlled people. Okay. But what have some people done with that? Y'all hear? They drove it into the ditch. And I've used this illustration before. A light bulb goes out. Light bulb demon. Not in my house. Change the bulb and relax, okay? <laughs> and when you got people, excuse me, freaking out and going extra scriptural, then people are going to go, they're whack and I don't even want to get close to them. Prosperity. Will God prosper you? Yes. Oh, really? Will He? Yes. 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 Who will he do that most? Generous. Why? Because he can trust them because they're going to be what? Genre. They're going to be generous. They're not going to heap up for themselves. As a matter of fact, they live and give in such a way that they'll they'll actually heap up treasures in heaven. And we'll talk more about that later. But, but how many of you know that some people have taken prosperity and driven it where? Into the ditch. Crazy into the ditch. So what are other people going to do? They're going to go in the other ditch. What do we need to do? Get in the road. Stay in the road. And do we want experience? Absolutely. You know, Paul talked about it's wisdom and demonstration of his power. You, you've got to have both of those things. Are you with me? Now, I'm not going to have time to finish everything tonight, but I do want to hit on a couple important things here. He is in charge of the distribution of the gifts. And you need to know that the gifts belong to him. Okay? Um, let no one, no one, no one uh, hooked up with us get business cards that you're a prophet or you're an apostle or something like that. Um, don't be, stay out of the ditch. Okay. Now God can use you in those things, and you may have a tendency, and a bend, and a, uh, uh, some experience that God will continue to use you in some things. Um, and I just want to talk about one in particular because I want to encourage you all toward it uh, this evening. Paul's major point about the manifestation of the Spirit, he says in First Corinthians fourteen seven, and it says, "It's for the profit of all." It's for the profit of all. It's to profit everybody. It's to benefit everybody. He also says it's to be done decently and in order. He also says there's to be no confusion. Okay, now. Let me, and again, I'm, I'm rushing, but I want to I cover a few things here tonight. Let me talk about another thing, and then I want to get to something I'll encourage you in. Okay? And then we'll wrap up tonight. Another thing that cessationists are troubled with is the whole issue of tongues. You do not forbid tongues, but you desire rather prophecy. Now, let me just separate this out real quick for you, too. There's a gift of tongues and there's a grace of tongues. And the grace is actually also a gift. But there's a public gift and it requires a second gift, which would be interpretation. And if you don't have both, you don't have it. Now, let me just tell you preference. For a lot of reasons and also because I believe what Paul is writing here is not just prescriptive. It is corrective. And I think that what we desire more clearly in scripture is prophecy. And I'll tell you what prophecy is in just a moment. There are people that believe in tongues though that are confused on this. There's two types. And the one that every person should desire to have of God. Seriously, I mean let's go with Bible. Everybody say Bible. When we go with Bible is the personal, private devotional. Okay. If you mishandle tongues otherwise, and you're in a setting and there's what what is called uninformed. It says they'll come in and they'll think that you are mad. They'll think that you are crazy. Okay. And if that's not handled right, there's more fodder for cessationists. Paul said, I would rather, everybody said, Rather. And he says desire rather. And it's strong in the Greek that you would prophesy. Let me back up to something. The Azusa Street Revival. When it hit, 1906, Los Angeles. Azusa Street Revival. Very unique. They, they had a lot of trouble. I actually wrote a big paper in my master's program on there's a problem on Azusa Street. Because there's wonderful things breaking out. Wonderful things breaking out. But at the same time, there was racism. There was violence. There was corruption. There were charlatans. There was, I, I mean, all kinds of things accompanied that immorality. I mean, all kinds of things. And they were cherry picking scripture. And there was not a lot of scholarly approach to scripture. Yet you've got real manifestation happening of the spirit. So one of the things that was unique and distinctive to what was going on for them was tongues. And here's what they did. And a lot of traditions have not really corrected this. They elevated tongues. To a greater place of importance than, script, than what scripture intended. Are you all hearing me? And so now you have a lot of traditions that people measure how good a service was or not. On if we had tongues or not. And I'm going to tell you, you can have a service that will blow the ceiling off and connect with heaven. And that never, never happened because tongues is least. He said, I would I'd rather that you have prophecy. So let me tell you what prophecy is real quick. And I want to encourage all of you toward this. You all still with me tonight? In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, and I'll read it in the Amplified Bible, it says, Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim and your great quest. And earnestly desire. Everybody say earnestly desire. And cultivate the spiritual endowments, gifts, especially. Everybody say especially. Especially that you may prophesy. Interpret the divine will and purpose in inspired preaching and teaching." Now, what he's saying is you should desire especially to prophesy. Stay with me just a, just a couple of minutes here on this. Prophecy is to interpret the divine will and purpose in inspired preaching and teaching. Now, I'm going to give you some more of the definition in a moment. The aim is, the goal is, and I believe the pattern is, we have prophecy every service. We have prophecy every service. that There's divinely inspired preaching and teaching of God's word. There's unction to it. There's truth. There's life change that happens. That is the goal of every service. Sometimes stronger than other times. Let's continue on. It is also sometimes a personal word. Now, sometimes we confuse what prophecy is to prophesy. We say it's always to predict the future. Not so. That's more of an Old Testament setting. However, New Testament prophecy can say things to come. But prophecy, in essence, is going to be three things. Edific- edification. Exhortation comfort so if somebody has a word for you and it's about it's all gnarly and there's gonna be a bloody horse head in your mailbox and right uh, yeah you know that's not prophecy god's god's not gonna send people around doing that kind of garbage are you are you are you hearing me it's edification exhortation and comfort here's what happens with it it is sometimes sudden and inspired There's a prompting that would come. Now, this is where, and we're going to spend more time on this, but I want all of you to look at me and listen to me for this. I want each of you to desire to prophesy. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I like to be quiet in service. Here's another one of your wrong thoughts. It doesn't have to happen in service. It doesn't have to happen in service you can be you can have a dear friend or neighbor and you're praying for them and here's what happens you have this sudden inspired electric thought strong and you may not always get it right pastor john and i have a friend years ago he was trying to prophesy over somebody he goes i see you on a motorcycle that's all i get <laughs> bless his heart for trying Don't try just if it's there, it's there. Okay. If it's there, it's there. And you're praying for people. Maybe it's even your spouse or a dear friend or whatever. And, and we've got to believe, are y'all with me church? You've got to believe that God almighty can work through his people and don't get weird about it. Don't go. I've got something for you. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. Let me tell you something real real quick happened last week. Um, and Alicia wanted me to tell more about the doctoral program. And I, I don't want to make take all our time on that tonight. But I need to tell you something that happened last week. Our, Our professor last week, I don't know how old she is, but she's old enough. She don't care. <laughs> Double PhD, incredibly brilliant professor and really godly. And has a bend toward proper uh, proper prophecy. And we're, I'm in a cohort of 20 20 people. And they're from all over. A guy from Nigeria. A guy from, uh, a Bible school director from Australia. uh, Army chaplain from Gitmo. uh, Pastors and superintendents. People from all over the place. It's just a really awesome group. And we're going to be in this thing for three years together. And one of the guys that I really connected well with, we're in lectures, we're in discussions. And all of a sudden the teacher said to, to one of my guys, or she, she said, I'll, I'll give you his first name. She said, Ken. And she asked him a question and he, he responded, we're still on subject. And, and she said, tell me about that in your context. And so kind of did. And then she says, I need to say something to you. this is a doctoral level program. She goes, I need to say something to you from God. And she said something to him. And this guy's accomplished. He's connected. I mean, he's an awesome, godly, experienced man. He's sitting there. And she said something to him. And I won't go into it. She said something to him. And here he is, distinguished, educated, sitting there at the table. And she spoke something out that was from God. And I I just kind of could feel the warmth of it all of a sudden he just starts and put his head down and just weeping. And we surrounded him and, you know, just prayed over him. And I thought, oh God, let that be a part of our life. That something from heaven could be delivered through God's kids to another one. Now here's, Here's maybe some of your hesitations. Yeah, I've seen some people really get weird with that. How many times have I told you, don't be weird? (laughs) Okay. Do you understand every family has a goofy cousin? Don't be that cousin. Don't make things happen. Just be God's child. Stay close to his word. And I promise you at Meadowbrook, we're going to rightly divide scripture. But well, we've got to believe with all of our hearts, the Holy Spirit wants to do way more in our lives and way more in your house and way more in your job and way more in our church than we've ever thought that he wanted to do. And it can be powerful and it can be pure. And I don't care what your background was and what you saw done weird or off or whatever. How about us believe that he still is and he still does. And we walk in truth and to those that believe maybe a little different than me, different than you, we walk in love and we walk in the spirit. And when we do that, you and get this. You may want to write this down. Don't be weird. Just be a real person. You know, and sometimes you're praying with somebody, praying for somebody. You know, and you see them and say, hey, I don't want to be weird about this, but I feel like God put this in my heart for you. You might save their life. You might save them from the worst decision ever. You might encourage them and give them the courage and the help that they need in that moment. Desire the gifts, especially, especially that you may prophesy. And he didn't write that just to pastors. He didn't write that just to people who have a business card that says, Prophet. I've had people show up here before and show me their card. I'm a prophetess and a psalmist and a diva. <laughs> and you just kind of give them their card back. You know, you don't have to be where the Holy Spirit is so awesome, God is so awesome. What he wants to do can be so pure and so powerful. So if we've ever had something messed up in our past before and how people represented that, can we reset? Can we get past that? And let's go with God's holy word and walk in his Holy Spirit. And he has so much that he wants to do not only for you, but through you. For the profit of all. And scripture says this, two things. It's for the glory of God and it's for the edification of the body. I desire that. I desire that. How about you tonight? Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, I ran us out of time. Did y'all get anything at all out of this tonight? Okay.